The Eco Right Speaks podcast is your conservative home for weekly climate news, interviews, points of view, climate heroes, jesters, and so much more. We'll share the stories of people leading in their local communities and around the country. Welcome to the Eco Right Speaks podcast. It's brought to you by RepublicEN.org. Hello, and welcome to the Eco Right Speaks your climate-focused podcast produced by the team at RepublicEN.org. I'm your host, Chelsea Henderson, still recovering from my first and hopefully only bout with COVID-19. Even though I was recently boosted, I have felt pretty crummy since the day after Thanksgiving. I thank you, listeners, for your patience as I took some time away from the podcast, saving my voice and rebuilding my energy levels. Today's guest is Reed Davis, the acting director of the Indiana Conservative Energy Alliance, our co-host for a series of Hoosier Happy Hours over the summer and early fall. He will reflect on these events and update us all on the clean energy happenings in Indiana. Programming note, we will end season five on time next week with our traditional end of the season wrap up, picking up with season six in February of 2023. How is it almost 2023? So be sure to tune in next week. And as you have been doing all along, hit me up with your guest requests for the upcoming season and year. Before we get to read, to ring in the holiday season, I have asked my colleagues to share their favorite holiday food. I will start. I know mashed potatoes sounds kind of basic, but listeners, I make the best mashed potatoes in the world. I just do. The key is to beat them dry before you add any butter or cream. Otherwise, you end up with lumps. I also have to share that a few years ago, I was having Thanksgiving with friends, and when I was making the mashies, as my family calls them, I asked my friend's mother to pass me the butter. At the appropriate time, of course, she handed me one pat, one pat of butter. I reached across her for the entire stick, and I can still see the horrified look on her face as I dumped it all into the beating potatoes. But here's the thing. The holidays are not the time to skimp on butter. And now, favorite holiday food from our engagement director, Angela Lark. I'd say my favorite holiday treat is eggnog. Many years ago, during the first Christmas we knew each other, one of my best friends made me a bottle of homemade eggnog as a gift. I've always cherished that moment, and it could very well be why we're still such good friends 20 years later. On to our producer, Pryte. Price Atkinson. Well, my favorite holiday treat is my wife's chocolate pie that she makes from scratch. And she doesn't just make it at Christmas time. She makes it at Thanksgiving as well. It's homemade, regular pie crust. But boy, the chocolate filling and the shaved chocolate pieces of a Hershey bar, whipped cream on top. Boy, it is delicious. It is my go-to for holiday cheer. And of course, our fearless leader, Bob Inglis. My favorite holiday food, oysters on the dock at sunset in Bluffton, South Carolina. That's the best holiday food there could be. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed that. Stay tuned. My conversation with Reed Davis is coming right up. Welcome back, listeners. I'm so excited to be in conversation with one of our Hoosier friends, Reed Davis. Reed, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? 
Great. So, you know, we are big fans of all things Indiana. And we just realized the other day we were in a virtual retreat and we were looking at all the states where we have members. And Indiana is our fourth largest state by membership. So that was pretty significant. Yeah. For a small state, a lot of um, climate and clean energy enthusiasts. Yeah. 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 Business is booming here in terms of the renewable energy world. Yeah. So tell us a little bit, lay the groundwork for um, what's going on in Indiana on the clean energy side. Yeah. So I think the best way to sum it up is um, I'm not familiar with maybe maybe I'll zoom out a little bit because your audience may not be familiar, but there's a thing called MISO, which is basically the air traffic controllers of the power grid. There's a couple of different ones, but one of the main ones in Indiana is uh, MISO, and there's another one called PGAM. But basically, both of these entities have a queue of prospective energy projects, solar and wind projects, uh, coming onto their grids um, in the next X amount of years uh, in the future. And the best way to sum up what's happening in Indiana is I believe that um, uh, Indiana is number three, just behind Texas and Florida in terms of renewable energy development on that queue, or they have the most projects on that queue. So it's, I mean, obviously, um, Florida is one that you would think of right away, Sunshine State, and then Texas as well. It's so big, uh, but not many people think Indiana would be right behind that, um, but it is. So that sort of sums up the status quo of Indiana and how just how booming it is here. And so are most of those projects wind projects? I would say most of them are solar. Um, Solar, Yeah, so a lot of well, if you had asked me two, three years ago, it would have been the opposite. It would have been wind. Mm-hmm. There's a big movement for wind here uh, two or three years ago. It's shifted a little bit more on the solar half, a preponderance for solar um, in the last two or three years. and then, But now recently, within the last year, we're seeing a shift back a little bit. So I, I would say right now it's a little bit even, but I would say the queue certainly is predominantly solar. Well, that's really exciting because these are, um, you know, these transitions can be job generators. And also the more that people, I think the more that we normalize use of of renewable energy, the more we're going to see use of it expand. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree. So um, part of why we're so bullish on Indiana, of course, is... um, you're, you have some great leaders there, um, Senator Mike Braun, who recently announced he's running for governor. Um, yeah. But this over the summer and the fall, as you know, um, we co-sponsored with you a series of events. We called them the Hoosier Happy Hours. I'm not sure. So I, I actually am embarrassed to say that while I have some family in Indiana, I don't know if being, do all people consider themselves Hoosiers? Because I know that is a University of Indiana thing, but what if yeah. you didn't go to the University of Indiana? Is there a rival school that somebody might not want to be called a Hoosier? Clear this no, up for I, me. No, I've never heard of that. I think <laughs> okay. everyone in Indiana is a Hoosier. It's not like in That's Michigan where you have that intense rivalry between the University of Michigan and Michigan State. No, but I will say I am a double Hoosier. I did go to IU as well, so I am an official one. Okay. So you can double up on your Hoosierness, Hoosierness. Yes, okay. that's an interesting question that I never thought of, and I've never had. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just like everyone here just calls themselves a Hoosier. It doesn't matter where you went to school. Leave it to the Eco Right Speaks to do this in-depth reporting on what you all call yourselves. Right. Anyway, 
uh, Hoosier Happy Hour's big success and attracted not just, um, obviously, members of our organization, um, members of your organization, but also there are some local lawmakers that came to those events as well. And I thought we could just have a little recap on who attended and, and why you think there was interest in getting together to have a drink and talk about clean energy together. Yeah, sure. I think um I think to answer your second the second part first is I, I, I and really the genesis of the happy hours was um to bring out conservatives that are interested and care about clean energy and renewable energy and everyone that falls under that umbrella that's a conservative. And I think really the genesis of it was to get those people out and together and talking to network because I don't know of another space where that is happening or or has been happening. Um, because we are out there. I would say that, um, we are certainly not talked about very much. It's not an issue that's talked about in the Republican party very much. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to change that. IE, uh, Mike Braun, like you mentioned, but, um, we just wanted to create a space where these people can come out of the woodworks woodwork and we can all get together and sort of network around this issue, whether you are just a local concerned citizen, that's a, a GOP member, or if you are a state Senator or a state representative, or whoever you may be, a mayor. So uh, we did, we started, we had one in Indianapolis, was our first one. Um, uh, and then we did one in Carmel where we had, uh, and obviously Bob was at all of these, but we went to uh, Carmel and we had the mayor come and speak. Uh, I love had, Mayor Brainerd. He's so Yeah, amazing. Mayor Brainerd was great. <laughs> um, I'm actually from Carmel myself, so that's my mayor <laughs> as well. So you learned how to drive on the roundabouts when you were getting your yeah. license. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, where else? Then we went to Lafayette by Purdue. Um, and all of these, we had a lot of, I mean, I could go all day in terms of the local, um, we ran the gamut in terms of everyone from local precinct committeemen to mm-hmm. county councilmen to county commissioners, mayors, uh, and then the state representatives in the area to each one of these. So, uh, for example, the one in, um, South Bend, we had two state representatives come from that area because it's split. Um, and then our, that was, that was in South Bend. And then we went down to Evansville. So we covered the whole entire state from North to South and middle. Um, and then in Evansville, we had representative Whitney McNamara come, uh, who was running for reelection at the time as well. Uh, and then we had a, a slew of other County commissioners and County councilmen. So really, really, it was a really successful thing. And I think it was really, we, what was most importantly, we, we set out what, the goal was we set out and accomplished what the goal was, which was just to get conservatives that care about clean energy out and talking and network with, networking with each other. Right. Because I do think that there is a little bit of safety in numbers and um, yeah. you, we all like to meet people with whom we share a common interest. And mm. so, you know, especially um, on an issue like this, I think it is really fun to to especially have the lo- local officials come and to say, okay, I voted for this person or I plan to vote for this person and here they are supporting the same um, ideals that I do. And I'm sort of wondering because when you talk about the different areas of the state that you went to, would you say that there is more buy-in in certain regions than others? Are there other places where you feel like you have to work a little harder? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think in that, I think that's twofold. I think first, um, there is a uh like if we were to look at a heat map of Indiana in terms of de- development where prospective projects are predominantly right now i mean there is a giant uh 
Specifically in northern Indiana, there is a large collection of solar projects specifically, but also wind in northeastern Indiana right now specifically is a hotbed. So going into those areas, it is a conversation that people are having already, Republicans, Democrats, whoever you are, just over the dining room table, I guess. Um, And it's something that if you have a project in your locality, then your local government is also, um, whether it be permitting or drafting an ordinance, whatever it is, is talking about. So it's in the lexicon. Um, Where it's not in the lexicon as much is Southern Indiana. And so Mm -hmm. Southern Indiana by far had our lowest turnout of all the happy hours. Still a good Mm -hmm. turnout, but our lowest one because it's not as quote unquote sexy as an issue, Mm -hmm. just because there's not as much there. Like Evansville, for example, it's a very large city, but there's not a perspective project there. Right. Um, so it's not as talked about. It's not as in the news. People are still a little bit, um, they're not as educated on it. So it, it's not something that people are voting on. It's not something mm-hmm. that's on their radar in terms of an issue to stand behind. Mm-hmm. Unless you are a clean energy advocate in terms of you're driving an electric car or something like that, uh, property rights advocacy, things like that for farmers, that's not there because there aren't farmers being asked to sign their land up for lease their land for solar and wind projects yet. Now that's changing, but -hmm. that certainly is the, uh, that's where we ran into um, demographic challenges. But that's also another uh, 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 tangent of why we started this project to get the conversation going everywhere, even in Southern Indiana, where we had never been, we had never done an event so far in Southern Indiana. Uh, That was our first one. And so we were we're trying to change that. We're trying to get the conversation going, trying to spark it, even though there's no development there yet. It's changing and it will be coming. So we're trying to get a head start. I mean, you have to start somewhere and, you yeah. know, you might be um, a musician or an author and the first event you have might not have that many people at it. So you have to start the conversation and then the next one will be bigger. And I do hope that we get yeah. to have a another series next year, um, 2023 coming up. I'm curious. Um, I know that mayor Brainerd, um, from Carmel is retiring. He's yeah. been in office probably as long as you've been alive longer. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, any, definitely. any, um, have any candidates announced that they're um, going to run to replace him? Yeah. You know, I think, I think one Fred Glenn has announced he's ran against the mayor in the past mm-hmm. on the right. Um, I think he's announced, um, in terms of other folks, I haven't been keeping a close eye. It's possible they have, but I haven't heard. Yeah. Um, so no, not that I know of other than Franklin, who has been, who's ran against the the mayor in a primary a couple of different times and lost. And um, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Senator Braun is, has announced his intention to run yeah. for governor. Is that a, looking like a crowded field too? Or do you think people will yeah. make way for him? Yeah. So some of my background, I used to work for the current governor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I worked for him during COVID and, uh, it will be extremely crowded, crowded. And we knew even back then, years ago, it was extremely crowded. Uh, I think a hundred percent and shortly Mike Braun, uh, there's been talk of now all the rest I'm about to list are perspective. They haven't announced or made any formal announcement. I think the attorney general is a name that I've heard mm-hmm. thrown out there. Todd Rakita. Um, who else? I mean, you name it. <laughs> uh, it is going to be crowded. It is, uh, it is one that and we've even heard Mitch Daniels, a former Indiana governor who's now, uh, announced that he's stepping down from the president of Purdue. Uh, he might throw his hat in again because he was such oh, wow. a popular governor. Yeah. We'll see. Um, yeah. but it, whoever it ends up being, it, it will certainly, certainly be crowded and contentious because there is a, um, 
a clean, a uh, distinct rift in the Indiana Republican Party right now in terms of um, establishment versus non-traditional candidates. And uh, I mean, it's 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 a it's a bellwether for the rest of the country in terms of I mean, there's hot button issues all over the country and they there's Indiana's no different with uh, uh, choice and life arguments and things like that. That will certainly be on people's minds as they vote. Well, and it'd be interesting to see how much clean energy is um, part of the debates and right. on people's minds as well. And then um, sort of similarly with Braun um, vacating the Senate seat, there will be another opportunity as well to, you know, hopefully whoever um, takes his space will have the um, his thought share some of his positions on climate change and clean energy. As you know, he's the um, driver behind the Growing Climate Solutions Act, which mm-hmm. um, you know is important for mobilizing um, farmers and and those that aren't traditional climate advocates. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out as well. Lots of hot things happening in Indiana. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think losing if if Mike Brown were to become governor, it would be it would be bittersweet because we would get a great champion of clean energy at the government level, and that would certainly help the state in and of itself move forward in that department. I hope. Um, but if we were to lose him to governor or he were to become governor and then we got somebody else in the Senate, maybe they aren't going to be that much of a champion, and then yeah. we sort of lose that on the national level that would be a shame but yeah, yeah we'll have to wait but, and see. you know we'll just have to invite whoever that is to another round of happy yeah. hours that hopefully we have later this year you gotta Absolutely. find the silver yeah, linings <laughs> mm-hmm. any other fun agenda items you have looking at that you're looking at for 2023 yeah definitely we have um so we right now are in um the calm before the storm because indiana has a part-time legislator so mm-hmm. they start up in january i think it's okay. the january 9th is their first day um actually tomorrow is the deadline for bill requests so all the bill requests have to be put in by tomorrow um yeah so we're gearing up for that we have it's it's january to april and march depending on the year because we do budgets every other year um so it will be yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a mess. It'll be busy, but that's how we do it in Indiana. Uh, we're an efficient government. <laughs> yeah, well, that sounds great. And I know that you are busy preparing that agenda and I want to be mindful of your time. So I thank you for appearing on the show and um, just for the great partnership that we've had this last year. Looking forward to extending that in 2023 and having more of these happy hours and just continuing to see those RSVPs go up. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. You're speaking my language. I really appreciate it. And uh, you guys have been an awesome partner. So, so happy about it and look forward to the future with you guys. We're energy optimists and climate realists. Stand with us at republicen.org. Now back to this week's episode. Bryce, I was going to say welcome back, but I'm the one that's kind of been MIA. (laughs) I should be welcoming you back. Welcome you back to the podcast. Welcome back to the land of the living. It is good to see and talk to you, Chelsea. (laughs) It was um, a very interesting experience, this whole COVID diagnosis thing. Um, I still get tired walking up the stairs and a little out of breath. Uh, I just am so grateful that I'd had the the booster, the bivalent booster in October, um, because I still felt pretty bad. And yeah. if I hadn't had that, then I think I would have felt worse. 
Well, like they've said about uh, COVID, the uh, the hospital, or I guess it's a doctor professionals everywhere. It's not a matter of if it's when. So, yeah. yep. You know, so I got, I knocked, I, I checked that box. <laughs> yeah. Done. Well, the good Hopefully thing you done. <laughs> yes. Yes. Especially with holidays around the corner. Would yes. you pose a uh, interesting question to us in the very first segment? And that was uh, a fun little holiday treat, no pun intended, to get to answer that. Yes. Well, um, it's always fun for me to hear what you all are going to say, because even though we work together and know each other really well, <laughs> I do try to ask you questions that I don't know the answer to. So um, it was really fun to hear everyone's response. Although now I feel like mashed potatoes was really very basic of me, but you know, they're a treat too. When you put as much butter as I put in mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've got me really wanting to taste your mashed potatoes if they're mm. that good. I mean, self-proclaimed the best there are. So I mean, team retreat will make mashed potatoes. <laughs> oh man, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Well, we got some uh, some folks to thank or shout out to, I should say, some new members since it's been a while. So I want to shout out to Kurt H. in Arizona, Sharon R. in Vermont, Linda P. in California, Patrick C. in Florida, and Dale S. in Wyoming. Thanks to them for signing up to stand with us at republican.org forward slash join, which you can do. Again, it takes, we tell you every week, it takes all of seconds. Love for you to stand with us if you're already not already doing so. That's right. And um, Price, we are talking about the holidays. I just wanted to let listeners know that we only have one episode left for season five. So a little bit of a shorter season because of uh, my being out. But don't worry, listeners, the guests that we were contemplating to end this season with, we'll just start next season with. So um, plus, you know, it is such a busy time to try to get on people's dance cards. So next week you will hear our um, new, tra- new, we've only been, only been doing it since season two, yeah. our tradition of doing a wrap up episode where we take the best of the other, um, all the episodes from season five. So, um, and you might recall if you listened to our hundredth episode that we intentionally did not include clips from season five because we are anticipating that we would have this final wrap up um, episode for season five and then season six, February, 2023. How is it almost 2023? It's exciting. Exciting for a new year and a a new season of the podcast. Like you said, it might be a, a little thin as we, you know, got toward the holidays and embarked on a rocky COVID bout, but that means we will rock on in 2023 with a loaded season six, which is uh, all courtesy of those who have invested in us every week by uh, giving us their time and investing that, uh, you know, to time to download, listen, and, you know, take in every single episode that we do. So we really appreciate everybody doing so. Hope you'll continue to do so and hope you'll tell a friend as you go into 2023 and spread the good word, the good conservative climate cheer that we have here at the Eco Right Speaks. Hey, you know, you could give your loved ones the gift of knowledge this holiday and it's free. Just let them know about our podcast and then you have the whole holiday Um, break period if you have time off from work to get caught up. That's right. Just let them know. Tell them where they can find this podcast, Eco Right Speaks, which I will tell you right now and remind you wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
Google Podcast. There are a myriad of platforms that you can download, listen, sub- subscribe as we give you a new episode on Tuesdays. And we will do that again next Tuesday to wrap up Season 5 and to wrap up the year 2022. So until then, Chels, we will bid you adieu. Well, Price, goodbye, and uh, let's try to figure out how we can all experience one another's holiday treats in the near future. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Eco Right Speaks podcast, brought to you by the team at RepublicEN.org. Make sure to visit RepublicEN.org to learn more and find out how you can be a local eco-right leader. 